It's 11 minutes before the hour. You're listening to Raven Radio, KCAW in Sitka. Today is Tuesday, September 26, 2023. I'm Brooke Schaefer with Raven News. The agenda for tonight's Sitka Assembly meeting is the shortest it's been in recent memory, with just a few items up for consideration. It's the last regular meeting before the municipal election on October 3rd. The Assembly will hear a presentation from a regulatory specialist on the Green Lake Hydroelectric Project relicensing. The f- facility has a 50-year federal license that's set to expire in 2029. According to the specialist's report, it typically takes about five years to go through the relicensing process. The Assembly will also issue a proclamation reaffirming Indigenous Peoples Day as a local holiday and present a service award to Chris Spivey for his years on the Local Planning Commission. And it will also consider marijuana license renewal for Northern Lights Indoor Gardens. The Sitka Assembly meets at 6 p.m. tonight. Raven News will broadcast the meeting live following Alaska News Nightly. Sitka's artesian well will be getting an upgrade this fall. Starting in October, the U.S. Forest Service will be installing a pump system to provide consistent flow and reduce waste. The one downside to the upgrade is that, strictly speaking, it won't be an artesian well anymore. KCAW's Meredith Reddick reports. USFS spokesperson Rebecca Peterman says for years, users of the free-flowing water source have seen diminished and unreliable flow. Restoring flow requires expensive maintenance every few years to remove buildup. The output has been decreasing for years, and several years ago, um, we went through sort of a refurbishment process, and it improved things for a while, um, but then it declined again. The Sitka Ranger District started looking for a longer-term solution. They applied for funding through the Great American Outdoors Act and received $167,000. That covers design, permitting, and construction of a well pump. The installation of a pump will mean that Sitka's well will no longer technically be artesian. That's what the artesian part of that means, um, is it's just free-flowing. Peterman says the pump system will mean major benefits for users, Sitkins can expect higher flow rate and less waste since the new spigots can be turned on and off. And that's another reason uh, why we think the pump is a good idea, because we're basically pulling water out of the aquifer and then spilling it onto the ground. So whatever people aren't collecting is really just coming from our aquifer and, and becoming groundwater. She estimates that after renovations are complete, the water flow rate will increase from under a gallon per minute to about two gallons per minute. Some of the spigots will also be insulated, so users will be able to get water even when outside temperatures drop. A Wasilla-based contractor, Aklutna Construction and Maintenance, designed the pump system and will install it. So they're going to be doing that rehabbing of the well. They're going to be um, adding the pump to the existing well casing. They're going to be doing all new plumbing for that work, as well as electrical. Peterman says once work begins, the well will be shut off for at least a month, but it's hard to estimate exactly how long the well will be inaccessible. You know, we don't really have a specific idea of the exact amount of time that they will need. It will really depend on how the process goes. Once the pump is constructed, the Alaska Department of Environmental Conservation will have to recertify the well before it opens up to the public. The work is slated to start sometime in October. Reporting in Sitka, I'm Meredith Reddick.
Alaska's Child Care Task Force started drafting its recommendations last week to submit to the governor and legislature. Governor Mike Dunleavy announced the task force in April to address the availability and affordability of child care in Alaska. Members met in person for the first time Wednesday in Anchorage. Task Force member Stephanie Berglund, CEO of child care advocacy nonprofit Thread Alaska, says she found the all-day in-person meeting helpful and informative after several weeks of Zoom meetings. We could really deep dive, have open-ended conversations to um, engage in kind of um, thoughtful kind of building off of conversations with each other. And um, that was that was different than we've had before. While earlier task force meetings were more like fact-finding excursions, meetings moving forward will focus on addressing three main topics for recommendations, licensing providers, background checks, and the shrinking child care workforce. So far, some of the recommendations include getting rid of qualification barriers to becoming a child care provider, such as education and age requirements. Others involve giving tribes and local governments their own authority to regulate who gets licensed. Leah Van Kirk, a state health care policy advisor, says the goal is to encourage the opening of more child care centers while maintaining levels of safety and care. We want to provide high quality care, but we also want to make sure that we encourage that process to be as efficient as possible so that it doesn't take so long for somebody to get through that process. Berglund with Thread says she hopes the final list of recommendations will enable the governor and legislature to take swift action to address child care in a state struggling with high prices, long wait lists, and in some areas, no child care options at all. I'm hopeful that there's uh, recommendations concrete enough for immediate action, that there's uh, immediate action for policy and needed investments to support child care. The task force is due to deliver its final recommendations to the governor in December, ahead of the upcoming legislative session. Juneau voters will find just one proposition on their ballots in the October 3rd municipal election. It asks whether or not to fund a new city hall through a $27 million bond. Voters narrowly rejected a larger bond proposal for the project last year. This time, the city is ramping up messaging about the benefits of a new building. They say taxpayer money should be spent on a building the city owns, not on rent and expensive renovations. But as KTOO's Katie Anastas reports, opponents say now isn't the right time. Outgoing city manager Rory Watt says a new city hall is a better use of public funds than rent. We have to do something and the question is what's the best use of our money? A new city hall uh, is something that we would own together and we as a community would build uh, equity and own that facility. Continuing to rent means that other people get those profits. This year, the city is spending $50,000 to share that message in the hopes that voters will agree to a $27 million bond. Fewer than half of city employees work at City Hall. The rest work in four other buildings downtown, in office space the city rents. The city's lease of two floors in the Municipal Way building ends in 2028. Another space, the Marine View building, has frequent plumbing issues. Uh, we just got notified that they're going to shut down the water again for a couple days. So we either have to send everybody home uh, or uh, get uh, hand sanitizer stations and porta potties on the sidewalk. City leaders say building a new city hall with underground parking would cost $43 million. 
and that it would break even after 32 years. Critics say it's hard to guarantee it won't cost more than $43 million. Bids for other capital projects have come in significantly over professional estimates, according to the city's chief architect. But Watt says the city is proposing a design-build procurement method for a new city hall. They'd work with a designer and contractor from the beginning to figure out what amenities, building materials, and schedule would work at that price. Last year, voters narrowly rejected a $35 million bond proposal for the project. The city put $10 million towards City Hall in its budget this year, which reduced the size of the bond. Opponents to the bond proposal, like Juno resident David Ignell, say city leaders aren't listening. Yeah, voters, we know you didn't really mean, you know, that you didn't want uh, this, you know, $35 million bond. So, we're, you know, we're, we're not going to take money out of your left pocket, but we're going to take money out of your right pocket. The Assembly also approved the lowest mill rate in decades during its budget process. It's not expected to go up if the bond passes because the city has enough debt capacity. City Finance Director Angie Flick says the city paid off multiple bonds during the last fiscal year, which frees up space for new debt. We wouldn't have to increase the mill rate because we could structure the bond for New City Hall such that it fits within the mill rate, taking into account the, the debt that we have coming off our books. Though the mill rate went down this year, property values went up, so many Juno residents are paying higher property taxes this year. Some critics of the ballot measure are linking their opposition to a new city hall to frustration about property taxes. Local advocacy group Save Juno opposes building a new city hall. They say the assembly could have used the $10 million to provide property tax relief instead of spending it on city hall. Watt says he and the assembly knew some Juno residents would disagree with their decision to put it back on the ballot. But we can't really stomach the thought of wasting the public's money. A real estate consultant hired by the assembly found that there are no existing commercial properties that could fit all city staff without displacing other tenants. The city could rent some space in the Michael J. Burns building, formerly known as the Gold Belt Building. There's about 24,000 square feet of office space for rent there. Watt says that could be an option for some of the employees in rented offices. But that would just be delaying the consolidation and delaying the benefits of uh, a centralized workforce, and it would be delaying the benefits of the public being able to go to one place. The city would also still have to maintain and renovate the current city hall, which has cracking walls, leaking ceilings, and asbestos in the carpet. There's about $14 million of deferred maintenance. City leaders say a new building is the best use of public funds. They'll soon find out whether enough voters agree this year. In Juneau, I'm Katie Anastas. I'm Brooke Schaefer, and this has been Raven News.